how am I doing as a husband? If you've never asked your wife this, expect that you're gonna get the dump truck. Some, some, of, the, some of what's said might just be a lot and it's coming from years of you having never asked something like this, but just ask how you're doing as a husband and kind of what, what you're doing that your wife's really appreciating and what you're not doing or doing that your wife is you know, frustrated over and hurts her. So that, I think that would be really helpful and that would communicate a lot of love and a lot of care. Welcome to the Crossway Podcast, a show where we sit down with authors each week for thoughtful interviews about the Bible, theology, church history, and the Christian life. I'm Matt Tully, and today I'm talking with Justin Buzzard. Justin is the lead pastor of Garden City Church in Silicon Valley and the co-founder of the Three Sons Club, an organization focused on cultivating lifelong friendships among men. He speaks widely at conferences nationwide and is the author of a number of books, including Date Your Wife, Today, Justin and I discuss how husbands can love and care for their wives on a daily basis. He highlights why men should prioritize their marriages and what that actually looks like in the midst of the busyness of life. He also offers practical advice for creating an annual date your wife plan that goes way beyond the occasional dinner and a movie. Let's get started. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today on the Crossway podcast. Great to be here. So you've got a pretty interesting first date story that I think is made all the more interesting by the role that John Piper played uh, on that first date. Can you walk us through what happened? Well, uh, for, well, with the Piper, it's, that was at the end of my first date, I handed uh, this woman, Taylor, who's now my wife, I handed her a copy of John Piper's book, Desiring God and encourage her to read it because it related to the conversation we'd had during this first date, um, talking about joy in God and glorifying God. So I handed her a copy of the book and it's because I wanted her to read it, but it's also because that gave an excuse for her to have to see me at least one more time to give me the book back. So I was guaranteeing at least seeing her one more time. So that, um, that happened. So yeah, our first date, we uh, just went on a long walk, a long hike, um, in the mountains, in the Santa Cruz mountains here in California on kind of a rainy day. I called her up on a Friday, which was my day off work. Um, and we went on this long hike and, uh, that's, it was great. And that's the spot where I later proposed to her actually on that same, on that same trail six months later. How long have you and your wife been married? Uh, in August. So in a few, in a couple months, it'll be 16 years. Wow. Yeah. So as you look back on those early days of marriage, what was the most unexpected thing about marriage, uh, good or bad? Let's see. I think I th- most unexpected. Okay. So I was surprised, even though premarital counseling and, and mentors and uh, wise people had told me, I was surprised at how much you're, you're marrying into the family on, on both sides. I was surprised at how much uh, stuff that was going on with my wife's sets of parents. She has two sets of parents through divorce and stuff going on with my, with my parents and and siblings, how how much that uh, factors in and plays this role in your marriage Uh, and that you have to be alert to areas where you need to maybe have some more boundaries. Um, That, that surprised me. Um, um, Another thing I think that really surprised me, my wife and I had a unique, um, unique thing. I wouldn't, really recommend this for a lot of couples. It's just what, what we ended up doing is I was working as a youth pastor and the youth ministry was beginning to really expand and grow a lot. 
as we were first married and we ended up actually hiring my wife also uh, on onto this church staff to work in youth ministry. I was focusing on the guys, she was focusing on the gals. And so we worked together the first uh, almost four years of our marriage. And that was a, a surprising, strange, wonderful gift um, work, working together. So we had this, I don't know, unique life for the first four years of marriage of, you know, being married, living together, working together with the same shared mission, yet having these different areas of, of, of authority and leadership as she was with the gals and I was with the guys. And that made for a really rich, uh, peaceful, fun, kind of united first couple years of marriage where we had a lot of time together and where my wife had a lot of time to um, kind of flourish and grow as a disciple of Jesus like in, in the church setting with me. So that was really fun. So in your book, you note that you wrote it because you were, quote, ticked off. Why was that? I was noticing around me that I saw very few marriages that were, um, I don't know, I could use a lot of adjectives for this, that were um, inspiring, that I think reflected what the scriptures call us to. I was noticing a lot of marriages that, um, I don't just seemed kind of uh, like they'd settled, like they'd, they, as though they had thought that the Christian ideal of marriage is simply, is simply faithfulness. Faithfulness is so important, but it's simply as long as like we're faithful and don't have an affair, that's a good marriage. Um, and, and, and so they just, there were marriages that just sort of felt like, Hey, I got married and we're, and we're good. And sort of this whole thing of um, pursuit and, and, and growth together and flourishing together and enjoying each other. And th th that seemed to kind of have fallen by the wayside. And, and I was especially concerned about this because I was a pastor and I'm a pastor. And so I was exposed to a lot of Christian marriages. And so I just kept looking at what I was seeing in the scriptures about what the Bible has to say about manhood, about being a husband, what the Bible has to say about marriage and I thought, man, there's there's a lot more here in the Bible that's not really being reflected in many of the marriages that I'm seeing. So I thought I saw an opportunity to address um, address a really important topic, to address a problem that concerned me, and show some opportunity for there for there to be for there to be more. You write in the book that God has given man the ability to be the best thing or the worst thing that ever happened to a marriage. And so my question is, why focus so much on men? Aren't there two people involved in every marriage? Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. And, um, you know, this this book, this message has received, you know, just overwhelming, incredible feedback. But but some of the um, some of the critique there has been, man, you, you sure um, highlight men a lot. And, and, and even that quote you just quoted Um and I think I think there's some fairness some fairness to that critique, um, but the issue is I wrote a book to men, so it's it's a it's a book for men. Now many many women uh, are are engaging with that book and that message, and it's I really recommend that. But I'm speaking to men, so I suppose um, if I had a message, if I was writing a book to women, I might highlight more of of a woman's responsibility in things. But I still that being said. Um, you can't ignore in scripture this accent that is placed on the man, on the husband's uh, responsibility. Uh, it's head, headship for, 
for the flourishing of the marriage, for the good of the wife, for the you, you see it right away in, in early chapters of Genesis and Adam's responsibility to care for and protect uh, the garden uh, and his wife. Uh, we, we see it throughout the narratives of the Old Testament. We see it in uh, Paul writing to husbands in, in Ephesians. So, so that's why I think there's a, there's a biblical case for it, an exegetical case for it. And I think there's a severe cultural need for it. And so I want, I, I, I want men to wake up more really to that, to that reality. And I, and I really think it's true. I think it's true of me that I, I can either be the, the worst thing or the best thing to happen to this marriage. And that doesn't mean that my wife Taylor doesn't have tremendous responsibility, influence, leadership on this marriage. And of course, anyone listening to this, um, someone's, someone's wife in the marriage could do incredible harm um, and damage or bring incredible blessing uh, to the marriage. But I think God wants men awake to that, um, to that responsibility, to that power, to that influence uh, that has been entrusted to them to steward well. Yeah, that's one of the things that you do repeatedly in the book is is to call men to take responsibility for their marriage and take responsibility for their sin and the ways that they don't lead well. And so I wonder, as you reflect on your own marriage, your own leadership in your marriage, what would you say has been the biggest struggle for you over the years? Yeah, biggest struggle for me has been, you know, it's, it's taken me a longer time um, to wake up to, to be self-aware about, um, to see uh, kind of the strength of my um, personality, uh, energy, uh, force of um, ideas, uh, tone of voice, all of that, and how different that is from, from my wife. So, you know, we're still, you know, 16 years in a marriage, we still have conflict over a lot of the same things we had conflict over when we were um, first dating or in year one of marriage. Uh, you know, so an example might be, um, gosh, the, the way I express uh, an opinion or an idea. And to me, I feel like I'm saying something on a, you know, like on a scale of one to 10, that I feel like I'm saying something at a one, but my wife can hear it at 10 because I'm, I'm passionate because my tone of voice is strong, this and that. And um, that can just like spill out into so many, so many different things where I, it's taken me longer to write, and I'm, this will be a lifelong journey for me, journey to recognize just, man, my wife is just, she's very different than me. We have a lot of similarities, but she's very different than me. I'm very different than her. And my way of um, expressing myself or navigating life is not the right way, nor is her way necessarily the right way. But um, marriage has been this incredible um, place to, to begin to, to discover that. So yeah, I think I, or I know I've certainly hurt my wife uh, at times throughout the years by just kind of this, this strength and this energy and this let's, let's go. So prob that's probably what she would say if she was sitting here. Uh, intensity is a good word for it. You're a pastor uh, and you've been talking to guys about their marriages for years now, I would imagine. Summarize the one or two most common struggles that you think men tend to fall into when it comes to their marriages. The first one that, that comes to mind is just putting the marriage on cruise control. And so that's a little bit like what we were kind of what, what got me to start thinking about this, writing about this, talking about this is I, I think so many men fall into the mistaken thinking 
that they've kind of mission accomplished. I, I pursued, I wooed this woman, my girlfriend, we're, we're married now, hey, mission accomplished. Now let me pour all of my ambition, vision, strategy, energy, great ideas into my career or some other thing. And um, that's just a false way of thinking because then what happens is a guy just puts kind of the marriage on cruise control and the marriage doesn't, doesn't flourish. Um, and that's particularly dangerous when couples and when men do this as, as they begin to have kids um, and all the energy goes on to career and kids for 10, 20 years and then kids are out of the house and they realize, hey, here's this marriage I didn't, I didn't invest in for 20 years. Um, so th- that's, that's a significant issue and, and men need to, need to see um, that this is one of their grandest um, priorities in, in life is, is to take great care of their wife, of their marriage, and that the real mission, the real adventure um, actually starts um, after those vows are spoken. And as you enter into, as you enter into marriage. Um, so that's, so that's the first, the first thing. Um, and where I live, um, Silicon Valley, where, you know, everyone lives here or moves here because of a work, because of a career, not because this is this incredible, super easy place for relationships and marriage and having a lot of spare time. Um, I've especially had to and continue to talk to men about this as it relates to their careers, because the, the, the career pulls them in to, and constantly summons them, Hey, put in more hours, put in more work, put in more energy, you know, work a 70 hour work week every week. And, you know, marriage and family can really, can really suffer. Um, so that's, that's, um, I'd say that's the biggest one that I see. So your book is called Date Your Wife. And one question that someone might have is, are you suggesting that if husbands and wives just go out for dinner and a movie more often, that their marriages will automatically get better? Not at all. Um, though there is some surprising, wi- so I'm not making that case at all, but there is um, wisdom in the simplicity of just something like that. Like just, if you think about it, just in terms of a habit, like if someone doesn't have any kind of habit of, um, a, of a date of weekly time like that in their marriage, just making one habit adjustment like that, like having, having a weekly date where you're together for a few hours, um, that could pay some huge, if you're intentional with that time, that could pay huge dividends in the marriage. You know, when, as I use that, that verb date, I use it in a big comprehensive way. Think about it like pursuit. You know, I, I, I make the case in the book all from Genesis 2.15. That's how I kind of define date, God's call to the first man to cultivate and guard the garden. And so I use date in that sense to to cultivate, pursue, take great care of, cause flourishing and, and bring protection to to the wife, to the marriage. So I'm, I'm talking about, um, with that, I, I'm speaking about vision. I'm speaking about a dream for your marriage. I'm, I'm talking about a posture of pursuit and intentionality that then yes, gets down into specifics of, um, of having a plan for your marriage of, of going on dates of doing things like that. And that, and that looks different in every marriage that looks different in seasons of life. Like we, something that was important to us when our three sons were really little, you know, when they were four, two and zero, it was very important to our marriage, very important to my wife that we did have a weekly, had a babysitter come in once a week. I think it was normally on Thursday nights for a few hours, just 
getting those three hours together meant the world to my wife and to me and to our marriage. But things are different now, now that our boys are, are 12, 10 and, and eight and what some of those rhythms and habits look like um, are pretty, are pretty different. So I, in different seasons of life where we shift the specifics of, of the dream of our marriage. Another thing that I think can often be a challenge for us when it comes to cultivating that romantic side, uh, cultivating that intimacy that should characterize a husband and a wife is conflict. And I think anyone who's married is familiar with the reality that sometimes such silly things can drive us to conflict, let alone big things that we might disagree on. And so I wonder if you have any advice for husbands when it comes to cultivating that closeness with your wife and dating your wife, even in the midst of periods of conflict or disagreement, when it can be hard to, to do that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, a few thoughts. I mean, expectations are a big thing. So uh, we need to just have realistic expectations that uh, there's always going to be conflict will always be a factor in a marriage. Um, and in fact, and if a marriage never has conflict, and that's not healthy, it's not a healthy marriage. I mean, a, a any healthy uh, team. Let's talk about an elder team at a at a church or um, you know the team you work on in your workplace. Healthy teams have conflict, and conflict is an opportunity to grow and to mature and to sharpen one another and to um, be more effective as, as a team. So of course, if you put um, two people together in the covenant of marriage, two people that have, that are both sinners. Um, and, and so we talk about how the sin plays into that, but also talk about how the wounds play into that. Cause there are also the ways in which we've been sinned against and our wounds and different sets of weaknesses that are there. And I think it's important to separate those sins, wounds, weaknesses, um, and, and just, and then just different, and then different personalities, uh, different ways of being raised, different ways we grew up, man, it's just inevitable that there's, there should be conflict probably every day. So I think sometimes people think that because they're experiencing conflict in their marriage, that that is automatically bad. And I don't think that's true at all. Um, I, I think that conflict it can be an incredible opportunity. To, to grow and that it's just going to be inevitable in any and every um, marriage. So I think what becomes important is how we navigate that conflict, our posture in that conflict, how we handle, how we handle that conflict. So I think a way I'm growing right now is learning to be a much better uh, listener in conflict. Um, like what I was talking about earlier, intensity and all that, I can have a tendency in conflict to just sort of like power through and try to, try to like make sure my voice is really heard. Uh, and so I've been growing in listening to my wife more deeply and taking longer to respond to things. And that's, that's been helpful. And I think couples also need to discover their style of conflict. I, there's not one right way to handle conflict in a, in a marriage. Um, like in, my, in our marriage, both my wife and I are very passionate people. Um, and fairly strong-willed, stubborn people, and pretty sensitive people, and our our way of handling conflict is often pretty like passionate and pretty um, the right word, pretty pretty quick. We we have very few periods of conflict that are drawn out. They're they're pretty like intense, quick, passionate, but the done over it like we're we're better on the on the other side. So I think knowing your, your style as a couple together of, of handling conflict and, and growing and maturing in that is important. One of the areas that is often a source of conflict for couples 
in marriage relates to sex. Uh, and it's so central to marriage, it does play a regular role in the dynamics that people experience in marriage. And so I'm curious what advice you would offer to husbands who maybe feel like their relationship with their wives is not what they would like it to be, that the intimacy, whether it's the frequency or just how it plays itself out, isn't where they'd like it to be. How would you encourage husbands in that regard? Yeah, what I always, you're bringing up a really important topic. What I always do in, in those situations is I encourage the husband to communicate more about his thoughts, about his, his feelings there. I'll, you know, just tell a story just a few weeks ago, um, got together with a couple, my wife and I got together with a couple in our church that wanted to share some stuff with us and wanted to confess some stuff to us. And as we walked with them through this whole story, what, what surfaced was the two of them realizing, uh, that the husband had been ashamed to share what he really was thinking and experiencing related to their sex life. He was afraid to share some things about what he desired, um, about frequency, about intimacy. And, and he was just fearing that that would come across that, that would, um, that he'd maybe get rejected by his wife in that, uh, or that it would come across as though he was trying to pressure his wife. And as he kind of came clean and shared all the stuff, she just loved it. And she felt like she better understood her husband and they could then really deal with reality as, as a couple. Um, so I think communicating um, very clearly, regularly, specifically, humbly is, is really important. Now, I'm sure there's people listening to this that's, that have seen that go sideways that, um, you know, often it comes from the husband's side, but like a husband shares something and the wife hears it as um, expectation or pressure. So I think it's how you prayerfully and thoughtfully share things. But yeah, I'm a big believer in husbands and wives uh, ought to be talking regularly about about their hearts, their thoughts, their feelings, their fears, as it relates to sex. And to and to think those things through together and have those conversations together, I think is very, very important. And that shouldn't be a, an abnormal, an unusual, a rare part of marriage communication. I think that's something that um, at least as you're forming and setting sort of a, a culture, you could say a, call it a culture of sex, in your marriage culture of intimacy, um, I think it's really important to be talking frequently about that and, li- and listening well to both sides. So you're a big proponent of actually writing out what you call an annual date your wife plan. And you describe that as entailing both an air war and a ground war. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So you're, you're mostly right that I'm a big proponent of that. Like, so for me, like it's not that every year I write out a plan. Like it, what I'm saying in the book is, is I want to get men that have not really ever put pen to paper for their marriage, but they've done it for their business or for their big trip that's coming up. I want them to actually do that for their marriage and have that same intentionality for their wife. So there's years where I do that and there's years where I don't, or there's years where it looks different. Like this year I've got some goals on paper for myself, for my marriage, for uh, my family for work and and some of them are goals related to dating my wife um but by air war ground war what i'm seeking to teach guys to do with that air war is i'm trying to get them to think about their marriage from the high level from the thirty thousand foot level from the annual level what's what's kind of the rhythm of our year going to look like what are the 
the big rocks I need to put into the calendar for taking good care of my wife. So it might look like, um, okay, end of spring, start of summer. Okay. That's when my wife's going to be really tired because of, I don't know, because of the school year and what's been going on with the kids. And okay, that's when I need to make sure I just send her off on a 24 hour, 48 hour retreat by herself just to get some rest or, Hey, this is when our anniversary is. I'm going to make that special and plan for this. This is when we're going to do a, you know, a getaway. So that, that that's air war, the big picture things. And then ground war is a, getting a guy to think in weekly or daily kind of chunks for, for his marriage. What's the weekly rhythm going to look like? Um, what What's a spot or two in the week where I could take my wife on a date or I could give her relief, uh, do something that would really bless her? Uh, what's the daily rhythm going to look like? When's my wife the most tired? When does she need help? What, what, what does that look like? So getting a guy to actually systematically think through that rather than just letting life happen instead of being intentional and kind of happening to life, happening to the marriage and being thoughtful about it. So what would you say to the man listening who's thinking right now, you know, I really am trying to love and serve and lead my wife, but she's just not very responsive to me. Yeah, well, that's highly contextual. That's highly dependent on the backstory and the history of that marriage, right? So you could have the guy saying that where there's been infidelity in the marriage and he's seeking to kind of turn things around or where he's been a very aloof and unintentional husband and is now turning things around. And the wife is like, "I, who are you? Where is this coming from? I don't believe this. Um, you know, there's a lot of different backstories that could be shaping it. But I guess regardless of the backstory, the general counsel would be keep at it, be patient, trust the Lord, be prayerful, you know, be prayerful about it, you know, pray that, pray that the Lord would, uh, would use uh, what you're doing, how you're leading your pursuit for his glory and, and for the good, uh, good of your wife. And yeah, just be, be patient and recognize that, that things take time because what we're talking about here for quite a few couples is a change in the culture of the marriage and to change culture whether at your workplace uh, with some other organization or in your marriage that that takes time so that don't don't have expectations that this is going to change overnight or in one week or in one month there needs to be time and and then have a make sure you have a good guy friend someone at your church a good buddy who knows you well, who you can share some of this with and where he can, he can encourage you, pray for you, walk with you in this so you don't feel alone. You repeatedly encourage men to ask their wives questions. And uh, sometimes they're challenging questions that might lead to uncomfortable answers. What's one question that the men listening should ask their wives tonight? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, one, maybe I'll give you, I'll give you two. First one would be something simply like, how am I doing as a husband? And you can ask that question, right? In several different ways. And there's a bunch of sub questions with that. But to honestly, like in, in men, you know, do this from a place of security and the gospel, like God loves you. You're secure in Jesus. This feedback can only help you grow. Um, and if you've never asked your wife this, expect that you're going to get the dump truck, um, so see, so there might be just some of it might just be coming from some some of the, some of what's said might just be a lot and is coming from years of 
you having never asked something like this, but just ask how you're doing as a husband and kind of what, what you're doing that your wife's really appreciating and what you're not doing or doing that your wife is you're frustrated over and hurts her. So that, I think that would be really helpful. And that would communicate a lot of love and a lot of care um, to wives. Um, I guess a second question I'd say, um, I've learned this is it would be a whole nother you know, interview, but I've, I've also learned a lot in the last several years about the, the importance and the power of desire. And I'd just ask your wife the question, what, what do you want? And, and not just from you as the husband, but get in touch with your wife's desires. What, is, what does she want? What does she long for uh, in her own journey with the Lord? You know, how, how does she want to grow? What is she really praying for and asking God to do? in her and through her and in the world? What, what does she want from you as, as her husband? What, is, what does she want your marriage to become? What is she wanting for your family if you have kids? What, what, what is she desiring in terms of friendships with other women? What is she desiring in terms of like influence, uh, career, Proverbs 31, impacting this world? And pay really, really close attention to those desires and so far as those desires like honor the lord and are a part of seeking first the kingdom of god you know help pour gasoline on those desires help make those desires become a reality help your wife pursue these these dreams that are deep deep in her heart Mm, that's so helpful well justin thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and share some of your own wisdom from nearly two decades now of marriage and just encouraging and spurring on men to date their wives, which is really just a way of saying to love their wives and to care for them uh, each day. Yeah, my, my pleasure, great to be with you. Hope this uh, helps a lot of men and a lot of marriages. That was Justin Buzzard highlighting what it really means for husbands to love and care for their wives. For more, be sure to check out his book with Crossway, Date Your Wife, available online or at your local Christian bookstore. Crossway is a not-for-profit Christian ministry that exists solely for the purpose of proclaiming the gospel through publishing gospel-centered, Bible-centered content. Visit us today at crossway.org.